All right, welcome everyone to Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we have a real treat, a fellow Canadian, which I'm excited to bring on the show, Brian Scudamore. He's founder and CEO of O2E Brands, home of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW, One Day Painting, and Shack Shine. He's also the author of number one best-selling books, WTF, Willing to Fail, and BYOB, for the latest, Build Your Own Business, Be Your Own Boss. And above all, I would say, Brian is the master at Imagine If Thinking, which I can't wait to dive into. So Brian, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. We are going to have a blast. Before we jump into your work, the book, and everything in between, who the hell are you? You know, job titles aside, who is mm-hmm. Brian? Well, I'm, uh, I guess I'll start with, you know, something I hear all the time is, wow, you've grown your business so quickly. And I always respond with the quote that these overnight success stories sure take a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, this has been 33 years. I've loved every moment of it, even the dark days, the hard days but I love building businesses, love building brands and watching people grow. I am a high school dropout, college dropout. I've gone to 14 schools from kindergarten through to university. And the only diploma diploma I have is kindergarten. And I don't say that to be funny. It's actually true. I'm so ADD that I just wasn't able to fit in school, sit in school. I didn't drop, well, I dropped out of school. I didn't drop out of learning. I love learning. Mm -hmm. But school just wasn't my wasn't my jam. Yeah, no, I mean it, uh, and and for many, right? So it's of course. I, you know what what I'm excited about in, in today's day and age, and at least in through conversations like these and, and many others, that first of all we're having the conversations that there are other routes, mm-hmm. right? And then there are people like yourself and and others that show what's possible, right? There's a line I pulled out of your book, the the most recent one, and. I think it, it it lines up well to what you're saying. It says, it takes a lot of time and frustration to become an expert, but if you're willing to listen to an expert, they can help you become one faster and easier, mm-hmm. which like there's the schooling right there, right? Yeah, I've, I've done nothing but learn from masters. I feel that I am by no means ever the smartest person in the room. If I am, I'm generally in the wrong room. And yeah. <laughs> so it's how do I learn from others, whether I talk about Fred DeLuca, the founder of Subway, who has since passed, but he was an incredible mentor. And mentors are so approachable. Before anybody yeah. knew who 1-800-GOT-JUNK was or Brian Scudamore or anything, um, I approached Fred DeLuca and just asked for his help. And why not learn from a master? Why not take a shortcut? Everybody needs a Yoda. Mm-hmm. And they're out oh, there yeah, if you're love willing that. to look and find one. So what gave you, before we jump into, you know, more details, like just on that last comment, what gave you the, I guess, the courage or the motivation to just reach out and ask for that help? Because a lot of people will be like, ah, no, I mean, I can never get to a person like that, or they'll, they'll never speak with me. Like, who am I to do that? Right? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't know if it was courage as much as just a mindset that I trained myself on. Since school wasn't my deal and I didn't learn through school, I learned through conversations, I couldn't get a real MBA, so I created my own, which which stands for Mentor Board of Advisors. Who are my Mm. mentors that I can turn to 
to say, hey, how would you do this? How did you learn how to figure this out? And I've always been very curious, and I found my learning rather than from books and from school, from people, from conversations. So Fred DeLuca is one example I literally bumped into at an International Franchise Association conference, and I looked at his name tag after I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, you're Fred DeLuca. You started (laughs) Subway. And uh, we had a quick chat. He gave me his card. He said he was in a hurry. And he said, call me. And I did. Mm. But my, so that was a serendipitous sort of meeting. But I always reach out to people. I still, to this day, I've got a book that I'm reading right now called Systemology, uh, David Jennings. Okay. And I have been flicking through the book and I'm so impressed with how he builds out the systems to systematize your business that I sent him a note and said, great book, great work, would love to chat, would love your help. And people are willing to, especially authors. People don't realize yeah. this, but people don't get in touch with authors. They yeah. they see a book as just a separate thing, and that author must get pitched from everybody. Not true. Every author I reach out to, they often say, wow, you reached out. This is great. <laughs> you actually messaged, yeah. Yeah, so my, my experience share for anyone listening to this is reach out and find a mentor. Whatever problem you're trying to solve, think who's the best on the planet, the best in my neighborhood, the best in my city, reach out and ask them some questions. People love to help because anyone who's been successful, as we all know, and you've had so many successful people on your show, those people I'm sure can relate to the fact that other people help them get to where they are today. For sure. And they want to give back. They want to help others. For sure. How have your, your mentors evolved over the years? It's a great question. You know, to me, almost everyone is a mentor. You meet someone on a train, you're sitting beside someone or a plane, whatever it is, and you start start up a conversation. Everyone's got a gift. Yeah. If you're willing to take the time and ask them some questions and find out what's so special about them, what have they figured out in life? So I don't know if my mentors have evolved as much as they have just increased. Sure. People will reach out to me occasionally, and um, I get a lot of people asking for help. And I, I say, great, I'm willing to help you if I'm the person to give you help or steer you in another direction if I'm not. But I'm not someone to be a mentor in the traditional sense of that Yoda who's the ongoing coaching and there by your side. It's just not what I'm good at. But if yeah. someone says, how do I franchise my business? How do I get free press? Whatever it might be that I might have a hand into or a, a, some some sense of how to do, I'm happy to share my experience and what worked for me. But for me, I'm out there constantly learning from others nonstop. And uh, it's that curiosity, I think, knowing that you're never done learning. Mm-hmm. That's what drives me and keeps me growing. I was going to say, it, it really seems like it comes back to the curiosity, right? Like we're born curious or we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to walk or do half of the things that we, we've we learned how to do. We didn't take those those chances, chances, right? Like grab mm-hmm. the grab the coffee table for the first step type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I mean, those those curiosity muscles start getting beating, beat down essentially, usually in school. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The hands start coming down and they're, mm-hmm. they're not going up as, as often we're, we're, we fear being judged or we don't want mm-hmm. to be the one that looks silly or whatever the case is until you hit some sort of crazy life experience and a wall. And then all of a sudden we all start asking questions again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, I mean, for me, and a, a, a lot of the, the, the mission or purpose behind the show is to try to avoid that, that wall and keep people curious and, and, and asking questions and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so I appreciate you, um, yeah. you know, coming on and, and, and shedding some light there. Yeah. I go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I'm reflecting on earlier, you said, you know, where'd you find the courage to find these mentors? Yeah. And I said, I don't know if it's courage as much as it is mindset, but to me, the mindset is partially a, what have you got to lose? You know, if I asked Fred DeLuca, as I did, I know you're busy, Fred, you're off to a meeting. Can I reach out and connect with you at a later date? What's the worst he could have said? No. Yeah. But he said yes. And he gave me his card. And we had many, many conversations over the years while he was driving between appointments. Very gracious, yeah, made time for me. What if I didn't ask? You, you also mentioned the, the can you imagine thinking. Yeah. To me, what drives me is helping inspire possibilities in others. And those possibilities start from a moment of connecting with someone to say, could I ask you a question? Could I ask for your help? And as you mentioned, we, the hands come down, we're scared, we're afraid in school to ask questions for fear of being judged. But we should be afraid of is actually, what if we don't ask the question? How scary would that be? The lack of opportunity or the lost opportunity that could have come from just asking a simple question. I love it. For as someone who collects and curates questions all around the world, what if we don't ask the question? That's some powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, that 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 pauses you in your tracks. Anyone really, and 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 even if you are asking questions, I think it's just a good reminder to just slow down and and think. Okay, well, wh- where where in life and work, you know, maybe am I not asking the questions, or I'm on autopilot, or whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read on a I read on a Starbucks cup once. They used to have this the way I see it campaign on the side of Starbucks, of which we were lucky enough to have one of our quotes. Uh, you oh, know, cool. founder and CEO one eight hundred got junk on the side of a Starbucks cup, and it said, "You are what you can't let go of." Hmm. And so I got in the habit of reading these these quotes. And one of my favorite little stories on the side of a Starbucks cup was someone said, "You can change the world with a simple hello." And you think of the people we meet yet we're, and we're sitting next to someone on a train or a plane and we don't say hello, but what if you, you say hi, you might meet your, 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 your partner, you might meet somebody who's got a great idea and you share a passion. Uh, You can change the world with just a simple hello to get a conversation started. Let's talk about what if, because I think, I think what if and imagine if are probably some of the strongest words that we have access to in, mm-hmm. in the English language, because it just, just that what if, imagine if, just starting a sentence like that mm. automatically blows away any rules or any like limitations that we put up and just allows for our minds to essentially go to Disney World, right? Like just mm-hmm. imagine and go for mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm you know, who knows what will come to fruition based on that thinking, but usually something does and at least puts your mind into a state of possibility. Like Mm -hmm. when did you first, when did you first start adopting that kind of language? Like where did it show up in your life? Well, I always had the mindset. I think as a kid, I had an incredible imagination. I think I still do. And I don't mean incredible as in it's so great. It's just 
it's it's what I do. I'm always thinking about possibilities and opportunities and ideas. And I I did that as a kid. And I was disruptive in school. Part of the reason I, you know, <laughs> yeah. dropped out and got kicked out and all that was I was such a disruptor, not in the cool sense, the entrepreneurial sense of being a disruptor, <laughs> but I was a disruptor in school and my teachers really, I drove them nuts. But I had this one teacher in third grade, grade three, Mr. Dodds, and he saw something in me and he always encouraged me in my curiosity. And that made a difference to me. I wrote about him in WTF that you just need to find someone that believes in you. And how can we cheerlead on kids to imagine big possibilities? So I think where it came from for me was people like Mr. Dodds recognizing that I was an idea person. Yeah. And not every idea was going to come to fruition. But what if that one can you imagine did happen? And I started to realize the power of and the language became, can you imagine? Cameron Harold, who was our COO, he was, uh, you know, still is a great friend of mine. He was with us from $2 million in revenue to $106 million in revenue. And Cameron used to say, I can't envision anything. You're the visionary. I said, of course you can envision things. He's since gone on to write a book about visioning. And <laughs> uh, what's interesting is I just said, you can envision things. I said, here's proof. If you could go anywhere tomorrow on the trip of your dreams, where would you go? Who would you go with? What are you drinking? What's the sound in the, that you're hearing in the air? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And he tapped into all the emotion and where he was going to go didn't matter. But what mattered was that he could envision his own future. We all can. Yeah. And uh, I think the moment it really came to fruition was we had this wall at the office, our head office for 1-800-GOT-JUNK called The Junction. And I took Cameron's conversation and I said, how do we inspire others to think big and dream big? I put up this, can you imagine? Question mark. I wanted people to see that and think, well, what could I imagine? You take someone like Elon Musk. I mean, we all know he dreams big, crazy stuff and a lot of it happens. But what about the little ideas we all have that we need the courage to put up on that wall to say, yeah. can you imagine if this happened? And mm -hmm. you don't need to be the person necessarily to make it happen. You could be the person that comes up, up with the idea. We had put up there, can you imagine being featured on the Oprah Winfrey show? We yeah. later did, can you imagine being on the Ellen DeGeneres show? Now, both those things happened. And yeah. they happened not made by me. I was the planter of the seed of an idea. But we had people in our company that said, I want to do that. I want to make that happen. Hello, everyone. I first wanted to say thanks for being here, and I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to let you know if you're interested, I just launched the Better Questions newsletter designed to provide you with a consistent 15-minute opportunity to pause and think, because a pause leads to clarity and operating with intention, where we all win and thrive. The newsletter is short, simple, and practical, providing you with three quality reflective prompts and mental fitness twice a month. But as always, I'll adjust the frequency based on your feedback. Never forget, at any point, you are always one question away from a completely different life or outcome. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com, which will also give you a free preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. BehindTheHuman.com. Now back to the show. It's so, first of all, congrats. I know the, I mean, the Ellen experience was, well, at least the second one was fairly recent, right? 
It was, yeah. yeah the second one was uh, in May. Or, no, sorry, in uh, March. In March, yeah. Congrats again. I mean, it's one of those, I, I guess, one of those perfect examples of, oh, yeah, this overnight success of just landing on Ellen. But I mean, there's yeah. a whole backstory, obviously, to that. And starting with the, the exactly what you just shared, just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really enjoyed about your, your latest book, BYOB, is just this idea of, at least what I got from it, was not to get so hung up on the how, mm-hmm. right? Like that, you know, that, that not to, like you have to put in the work, obviously, and there's the steps to get there. But we often just start with the how and just just hold ourselves back or don't even don't even get there in, in, in or don't even crystallize the vision in the in the first place, right? Mm-hmm, so I'd love mm-hmm. for you to just share some of your um, some of some of the visualization process that that you brought up in the book and, and that you use as well. Because we're we're so familiar with this with athletes. Like this is not a strange thing. I haven't interviewed one Olympian yet where they, they haven't said I meticulously visualize the downhill ski run or speed mm-hmm. skating with Apollo Ono. I mean, that's just normal. But for mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether it's in business or just regular life, it's at times seen as this like woo-woo, oh, you don't want to put any effort in type mm-hmm. situation, right? Right. And you're shaking yeah. your head. I know. I know you disagree on that one. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I just, I don't think it's a. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on the woo woo yeah. side. It's not a weird woo woo sort of thing. Totally, it, visualization works. And you can take someone who's not even just an athlete. You can take uh, a past president, Obama. He saw himself as president. You know, like yeah. you can take someone in politics, in business, in art. It doesn't matter. And I think some of the most successful people have played the movie, the film in their mind before getting there. So here's one of my examples. We, in 2012, we'd just come off of a few years of a hard economy, the financial meltdown of 08. And we said, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to double the size of our business. And if we double the size of our business of 1-800-GOT-JUNK in four years, we'll take the entire company to Hawaii. And so it was a big, bold goal. And we created this painted picture, this vision of what it looked like. And I started with the, reading the painted picture of what it looked like with a, we're 12 feet away from the shore. You can hear the sounds of clinking Mai Tais and laughter from all of the people celebrating together and all these sorts of the palm trees swaying and wind blowing through them and the waves crashing on the shore. And I said, that's what our celebration, that's where it will be and what it will feel like. And we did go. We did double our business. We actually beat our goal by $24 million. And we show up in Hawaii and everybody from our team came up and said, oh, this is amazing. You must be on cloud nine. Isn't this incredible? And I said, yeah, it it is incredible. And I was proud. But in a way, I had already celebrated. I had already played the film in my mind so many times, being 12 feet from shore, reading out the painted (laughs) picture that we've already accomplished. And that's a part of making things happen. When people come up with what's the big possibility that you see, whenever we start questioning ourselves and having doubts, we lower the bar, we lower the bar, we lower the bar. So for me, you don't think about, as you said, the how, you just think about the where. I'm going to win a gold medal. Here's what the celebration looks like. Once you've written it down and you're clear in your mind and it's set in stone, then you start working backwards and going, okay, how am I going to learn to 
uh, ski race. What am I going to do? What are all the steps? How many years yeah. will it take? And you, you've got to do the hard work and the re-engineering of, of what that looks like. But you always start with what does it look like? How does it feel? And imagine the impossible. Love it. So if we stick with this flow for you personally, and, and just, you know, to set the, the expectation, this is not a prescriptive show of practices. It's more so, hey, this is what Brian does. Ah, sure. that might work for me, for example. So mm. please, you know, don't spare any detail in terms of what you do personally, because that could help mm. someone else on the other side and, and myself included selfishly. Uh, but like when, when you, when you approach these, these bigger ideas and you go down this visualization process, like, is there, you do this in a certain way? Is this a journaling flow or is it just as it comes up? Like just what's that look like for you? And then mm -hmm. how do you revisit as you imagine, as you, as you shared, you know, you've played that, that movie out several times in your mind. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there a way you're doing that? Yeah. So where the first painted picture was born for me, I was at my parents' summer cottage. They had a little place on an, on a, an island about an hour from Vancouver. And I was at Bowen Island and I was in a bit of a doom loop. And I was feeling like mm. I've built this business to a million dollars in revenue after eight years, which seemed like a long time. I wasn't sure what I could do with it. I wasn't sure that I had the education, the money, or even the business idea that could be grown. And so I sat on the dock and I took out a piece of paper and I said, okay, enough negativity and feeling bad for myself. Why don't I imagine the pure possibilities that could be ahead of me? And I took out a sheet of paper and I wrote, we will be in the top 30 metros in North America by the end of 2003. We were only in one, but we were in Vancouver and there were 30 cities. I looked it up, 30 cities bigger in North America than Vancouver population wise. So I said, if it could work here, why couldn't it work in all the cities that are larger? And I set that vision and I said, we'd be on the Oprah Winfrey show. We'd be the FedEx junk removal. And I painted out this vision and I never changed a word. It was a mm. five year end of 2003 painted picture and we made it happen. Okay. And we started with the where, not the how. And by the way, I will say, if any of your listeners want to see what does a painted picture look like, if they go to LinkedIn or Instagram and DM me and just say, could I see your painted picture, please? I'm happy to send off a link to a copy. But to me, it's what does it look, feel, and act like in the future? And then you share it. So while I play the film in my mind, I need others to frequently play the film in their mind because it's taking the picture from my head, the entrepreneur, and putting it into other people's minds and going, okay, do you see this? Yeah. So if we take something like Ellen, Ellen was in one of our painted pictures and we missed it by the deadline. It didn't happen. We tried. I mean, it was not lack of hard work, <laughs> but there was a woman in our office, Nadine, who during the pandemic picked it up and said, we should still take a crack at this. She pitched it three phone calls following up and all sorts of things happen behind, behind the scenes. But we brought that vision to life by little things that we would all do. So for example, um, I was at CNBC getting interviewed and there was a cutout in the green room of Ellen. So I put my <laughs> arm around Ellen. I put a 1-800-GOT-JUNK uh, fleece vest on her. I take photos, selfies with it. And it was just me kind of having some fun and being a little silly, but just also going, I'm one day going to meet the real Ellen, not the cutout. We're going mm -hmm. to be on the show. 
And it's these things of just reminders and seeing yourself in that future. It's no different than someone doing a vision board going, I'm going to take a trip to France. I'm going to do this and that. And you put pictures all over. A painted picture is just a painted picture in words for people in your company to interpret and see what you see. And they become a part like Nadine of making the magic happen, getting us on Ellen as an example. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess what comes to mind as you're you're sharing this is just part of the what I wrote in my rec- recent book as well, Personal Socrates. Is just the whole first section is around clarity, right? And mm-hmm. if you're if you're clear in your mind, and, and like you said, you're you're getting these reminders and re, I guess reinvigorating the the vision and so forth. I feel like the the other the thing that happens is you start seeing the signs as well, right? You say, oh, okay, like there's for whatever reason Nadine decided you know what let's let's go for it again but because it, mm-hmm. it, it was clear for her right mm-hmm. right and same with uh same with you and you just you you follow the signs essentially and that's mm-hmm. the action yeah and eventually results show up yeah and there's you know the, the science behind it and I don't know uh I know just a little about it and enough to sort of make me sound dangerous yeah. with this but your <laughs> reticular activating system We've all heard that, you know, when you're in an airport, you're busy and you're stressed, but you hear Mark Champagne over the white courtesy telephone, pick up the phone and give a call. You hear your name, even though it's so busy and so noisy because your brain is still your reticular activating systems paying attention to what's important. So a painted picture is giving words to someone. Here's the signs to look for to pay attention to. So if someone wants to start their own business, which I know BYOB, my book, investigates the path of, do you start with a blank sheet? Do you create, do you take a playbook from a franchise and adopt a franchise organization's own philosophy and and plan? Whatever you do, if you plant the seed of, I want to start my own business, I will start my own business, then you pay attention and you start, you might find that right book that you needed to read to inspire you or a podcast, but your, your mind becomes aware of what is that next logical step I need to take to get closer to my, my vision. Yeah. It fuels in and trains those curiosity muscles that seem for at least what I'm picking up from you actually just never left mm-hmm. uh, your ecosystem since, since a kid, like you've just mm-hmm. kept them really sharp, uh, which is beautiful to see. And, and I'm grateful because you know, we, we've got some really awesome uh, companies and teams and messages out there that are resonating around the world because of it. So mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing ripple effect. Here, here's yeah. a question. Here's a question for you. So in the terms, uh, in, in terms of can you imagine who's yeah. a guest that you have not had on your show that you just go, wow, could you imagine if? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for me, when this show started, I put the names of three people and two of which I've interviewed so far. And the third that hasn't come yet is Tim Ferriss. Mm. And I put his name, and this is before his show became this massive uh, show that we all know now, but right. it's just having studied his work, it's just inspired me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just, it's been, and it's almost turned into a bit of a game. I feel like I've interviewed probably 15 to 20 of his friends at this point. Sure. Um, and I just have this, this unwavering conviction that at one point we're going to land at some sort of event or situation and we're going to be in the same room mm. and it's not, it's just going to flow. 
Because it'd be like, oh yeah, so and so, meet you know, meet Tim, and he's mm. interviewed your best friend here and there, and it it doesn't feel salesy, doesn't feel like a pitch. Mm. Mm. It's just pure curiosity. So, so do you see it happening? Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, this 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 laptop is held up by his book. I mean, it's always around me. <laughs> there you go. So in the same way that I did the the jacket, the one eight hundred got junk jacket on Ellen, you've got the laptop held up by his book. You've been yeah. talking to his friends. You've got two of the three people that you've interviewed already, but this is the remaining one. And, and sometimes just that, can you imagine what I'm trying to illustrate here is you throw it out to the universe. You've just mentioned it again to a bunch of people that are listening that someone might just go, Oh, well, let me reach yeah. out to Tim. I know Tim or whatever the deal is. Yeah. And, uh, and then your unwavering belief when I asked you, will it happen? Do you see it happening? You're absolutely. Yeah. Well, then it's going to happen. And these things take time. Yeah. But how exciting that it'll happen. And you just keep working towards it. Good I think you. I need the, I need the cutout. That's what I'm missing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I was going to say let, let's shift, but I mean, we've, we've essentially been on this topic, but I, I'd love to go a little bit further, but just, just to set the, the context, when you think of being mentally fit, like, what is that? What does that mean for you? Yeah, you know, it's having clarity in my mind of what I want, um, what I want to keep me focused, energized, excited, um, what I want to give to others. You know, mm, everyone's got a like gift that. that they can help leverage and, and give to others to encourage them. So I think when I've got clarity of my purpose, what I want, and what gifts I want to give to the world. And I know that happens more often and better quality of, of um, how I'm feeling if I take care of myself. Sure. So exercise is such a key part of everything that I believe in, in terms of making sure that I can stay healthy and um, yeah. get enough sleep and get enough movement. And I was out skiing yesterday. I know it's the end of May, but I was up in Whistler <laughs> and we still had, it was the last day of the year for skiing and it was awesome, but keeping moving, getting on the Peloton, trying to do something every single day. Yeah. It, it keeps my mind focused. I drink lots of coffee which okay. I do have ADD and uh, coffee is an alternate sort of treatment that helps okay. to give you a stimulant and keep you focused. So I stay mentally um, healthy, I think, by by drinking enough coffee, by watching sure. my diet, not drinking too much red wine, those types of things. Yeah. And uh, just getting rid of the brain fog and just going, okay, like I've, I can make an impact here yeah. on my team, myself, my family and doing that every day. How do you stay consistent or what, what are, you know, when you, when you're traveling or out of the regular routine, you're not, you know, you're not in your, your regular environment or home. Mm -hmm. Like what are some, I guess, uh, of the non-negotiables for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, diet and exercise would be the big ones. Yeah. But I think that bigger than that, it's cutting myself some slack and not putting too much pressure on myself to know that when I am traveling, it's harder. Yeah. Or if I'm in a bit of a funk and have a couple of days of feeling down and doom and gloom, whatever, my, you know, I'm human. Allowing myself that space to say, it's okay. 
mm-hmm. versus beating myself up about it and going, why can't I get back up on the horse? So I think it's just giving myself permission. I remember I once heard, heard uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey yeah. said being depressed is you needing deep rest. And so taking that rest and just going, you know what? I feel like crap today. I don't feel like working. I don't feel like uh, exercising. You know, you don't want to be like that for weeks on end. But mm-hmm. if it's a couple of days or a week and you've, you, you, your body needs it, then say okay and welcome that. Yeah. So taking off the pressure. I think is important. That's something that I used to be a guy that if I went on a diet or went on a fitness kick and okay, it's been eight days of consistent, you know, exercise and this and that. Now I missed a day. Ah, so I might as well just scrap the whole thing. <laughs> now I just sit there and I go, okay, I don't need a perfect streak yeah. and allow myself to screw up and fail. And there's always tomorrow to start again. I mean, just that, that mindset or mentality, just, uh, just, listening to it or listening to you uh describe your flow i mean just feels light just just feels like it takes the pressure off right we're so damn hard on ourselves with these things that mm. if we just you know let it let loose a little bit and, and to your point i think it's it's good to mention like you know there's a there's a it's not about being lazy or falling off and and, and never jumping back on your exercise wagon but also to just i think follow the signs and in the intuition if you're tired you know sleep <laughs> Yeah, I'll stick with the basics. Yeah, it's it's okay, and I think that's where people just go. No, I can't stop. I got to keep on moving. I got to keep on doing this. And our our body, everything is you know in this world is cycles. The economy is a cycle. The ocean, the tides, the weather, the you know. So allow your brain and your body just to go. I need a couple of days. Yeah, and we allow that to happen within our company. Someone needs mm. a personal day. Go, go, take it. No excuses. Just go. Yeah. And so there's a high level of empathy within our our brands. Are you doing anything with with the teams? You know, internally, just to to bring because like you 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 strike me as someone a very reflective person. Someone's you know very focused on their on their health. You've come obviously to that realization. Companies are starting to. Um, I don't want to say starting there, there, there's been focus there, but I would say what's, what I see changing is that instead of linking, Oh, let's, let's help with employee wellness and their, and their well-being and health and whatnot. But then it's always pitched with, you're going to increase your productivity or reduce mm-hmm. uh, absenteeism and all that, which, which is all true. But can we just talk about the fact that, <laughs> you know, it's almost like our moral imperative to have healthy mm-hmm. humans out there. We all win in these, in these For cases. Sure right? Yeah. So I was just curious, uh, at the company, at the parent company, like if there's anything that you guys are doing for, for the teams. Yeah. At O2E Brands, which is our parent company of 1-800-GOT-JUNK-WOW one day in Shack Shine. I think we, they've all got a culture of empathy, of caring for our people. So our strategic model of growth is take care of our people and they will take care of the customer, take care of the customer, and it will take care of our growth and profits, reputation, and so on. So it all starts with our people. Yeah. And I think that the best way to do it, I, I agree with sort of what you were referencing there is let's not make it about the business benefit of taking <laughs> yeah. care of our people. Let's just take care of our people because we're all people and it's the right thing to do. Yeah. People will be loyal and committed. They'll feel loved and cared for. They feel heard. 
whatever, whatever it is, you don't need to do a PowerPoint that shows the benefits to doing that. Just mm-hmm. do it because it's the right thing. Yeah. And it does make a difference to people. I, I think that we win some awards. We're very lucky to do so. But Newsweek's most loved companies uh, list for the second year, we, we are a most loved company because we love our people. Yeah. And because we don't talk about why we do it, we just do it. Yeah. And uh, it makes sense. And a, a company is a company of great women and men working together towards a common shared goal. So make sure everybody's having fun. Make sure that people can take time and recharge and rest and not think business. Um, you know, you look at France, they've got laws that you, you can't email or phone your employees after certain hours or on weekends. And that might be extreme, but yeah. I think that there is, that does make sense for people to respect people's personal spaces and say, you've got a life here outside of your business <laughs> yeah. life. Let's respect that you need to recharge. So something we do is we give people five weeks paid vacation. Okay. We uh, give them extra days if they need it for personal days. I mean, whatever you need, right? People are mm-hmm. reasonable. Uh, but we have what we call going dark. When somebody is taking vacation, like Eric Church, our president, who's taking vacation next week, he'll be dark for two weeks. So it's not calling him on his cell phone. It's not sending him texts. Um, When I go dark, and many people do this in our company, we get our assistant or someone to change our password on our email so that we can't even get in. I love it. (laughs) And and it works. It's like our company's big enough. We're not a four-person company. Let's figure out how to have someone in place who can cover your role so that you can unwind and be with your friends, be with your family and, and really recharge. Yeah. It's important. (sighs) Well, I think you're going to have a few applications after this podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing. And just for everyone who can't see this video, I mean, Brian's not just blowing smoke our way. Literally the hat he's wearing says it's all about people. So Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's the real deal. And I have to say, Brian, I have a, a close friend that, he actually picked up a job recently in, in Toronto for 1-800-GOT-JUNK just a couple days a week as as a side thing to oh, his, nice. his coaching. And he's just, I can feel it through him, the, wow. the culture coming through in terms of what you just described. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful to, to witness. We have fun. You know, we're not perfect by any means, but when you put people first and you really make it your priority, things fall into place. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I could speak to you for hours and days. I mean, there's just so much there. Um, I do have one final question. And of course, Mm -hmm. we'll, uh, for everyone listening, I mean, I highly encourage uh, to take a look uh, at Brian's work and specifically his books, which the last one, at least, um, I mean, I don't know if you did this this intentionally, but they're they're short reads. I mean, Mm -hmm. 90 minutes when it comes to audio. um, And it's just, they're designed in a way to really pull the nuggets quickly. Uh, and they're practical, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, my co-author, Roy H. Williams, he's the wizard of ads. He's done all our radio creative, uh, great partner, mentor, and friend. And he, when we first wrote, co-wrote WTF, Willing to Fail Together, I said, Roy, it's too short. And he's like, are you kidding me? It's about a 90-minute read, right? And, yeah. and he said, are you kidding me? Do you want it to be on someone's nightstand and never read? Or do you want yeah. them to actually read it? and get some takeaways. 
And it's true. I mean, I've got so many books that I never get to because they're just too big. They're overwhelming. Yeah. And so it's meant to be short, digestible. If you can't read it in 90 minutes to two hours, you'll probably never read it. So it's worked for us, especially for a business book. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. Well, last question for you, sir. And that's just what makes you smile each day? People. I mean, that's it. Right. When I, we do our daily huddle meeting every single day right now, maybe 300 plus people get on our, on our huddle used to be in person pre pandemic, of course, and now it's virtual, but with people traveling, it it just makes sense to be virtual anyways. And I see everybody's smiling faces every single day I'm working and join huddle 1055 AM every single day. And I'm just like, people love what they're doing with us and together. Uh, a philosophy we have is bigger and better together. We're building something bigger together than any one of us would have ever chosen to do alone. Mm. And we get to smile and have fun together. People walk through our office and the first thing they say is like, what are people drinking or smoking yeah. here? Like, what is going on? And I'm like, we hire happy people. We treat yeah. them well. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Sign me up. I mean, again, I just want to thank you for your time for the show, but a bigger, like a higher thank you for just showing up with that curiosity since you were a kid and and following, you know, the what if and imagine if dreams. And mm. there's just such a beautiful ripple effect to that brain of yours and mine that, I mean, it's a real gift, Brian. So thank you. And, you know, keep on rocking it out there. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, no, this is great. I I love these conversations because, you know, before you hit record, we never know where they're going to go. Yeah. And uh, I learned just as much as anyone that might be listening because it's just like, oh, it's so fun to talk about and reflect. And so thank you for having me as a guest. And uh, I'm excited to listen to your podcast, the episode with Tim Ferriss. Yeah. It'll be awesome. And you're going to make it happen. So kudos to you. I will accept that. Awesome. 